You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras Podcast, Braves Edition. Pleased to be joined by Braves reporter Mark Bowman. Mark, thanks for taking the time. As always, my friend, the Braves obviously... Had an amazing season, winning the NL East. They come up short, perhaps, of eventual goals of beating the Dodgers and going to the World Series, but a tremendous season for the Braves. And with so much young talent, you think they're maybe even ahead of schedule uh, going into what the original plan was within the organization. No doubt, no doubt. It's it's not just the division championship, the ninety win season that uh, you know was stands as proof as to how far they came this year or even how much further than expected they came this year. I think it's, it rests within that starting rotation. You go back to the beginning of the year and, and I was saying, you know, when you're writing about what to expect this season, I, I was saying it would be a win if they had a better feel for, for where their rotation stood at the end of the year. And that was, you know, when you're, when you're saying that you're thinking is, is Mike Fulton going to take that step forward? He did. Sean Newcomb made some strides. Yes, he struggled down the stretch, but at the same time, um, you know, some of that may have been fatigue near the end of his last full season. Might have simply been he's got to learn how to, you know, that he's still in a learning uh, in the learning process. Um, and then the addition of Kevin Gossman. Now all of a sudden, you you go into this season knowing that you've got three pretty solid pieces, maybe. Maybe three number twos. Uh, well, let me just say you, you've got at least one number two there uh, in Fulte. You know, Newcomb has a potential to be a number two, and Kevin Gossman. You know, he's he's a solid number three starter, probably in the National League. So you, you've got a good base. Now you can build off of that. You you still have control over Julio Tehran. Who knows what the future holds for him? And now, now when you're you're entering this offseason with all this money, you have a better understanding of, of how to allocate those funds. And you don't necessarily have to spend it on the starting pitcher. Um, you can you can go out if you want to try to get a frontline guy. Um, you can uh, you know attempt to get that via trade. Uh, but at the same time, the the you're not influenced by what you saw this year to go out and spend heavy. Uh, on starting pitching. So um, I think that that's from that uh, perspective, uh, you know, they made great strides. And also within that lineup, you know, adding Ronald Acuna, getting a sense of where he is uh, in his development. This team is certainly at least one year ahead of schedule. Talking with Mark Bowman, Braves reporter. And Mark, uh, I was just talking with Joe Frasaro of the Marlins. And we were talking about JT Riel Muto and the possibilities of him being traded and a name team that keeps coming up with JT are the Atlanta Braves. Uh, what is the likelihood that the Braves would make an offer for Riel Muto and that could be on the table this offseason? Well, I think the likelihood of them making an offer is, is significant. You know, I, you know, I'd say uh, be very, very, very surprised if they wouldn't. They went after him last winter. They went after him again before this year's trade deadline. Uh, maybe the timing is better now for both clubs. Um, there will be other clubs coming after Rio Muto, the Phillies and Nationals among uh, the teams I expect to to make a run at him. And, you know, you, you take a step back and, and, and you look at what the Braves have to offer and where the Marlins are. 
Uh, and there's no doubt that if the Braves want Rio Muto and there's going to, a deal is going to be done, uh, they, they have the pieces, uh, probably more pieces than any other organization um, to do it. And it's, it's that development within that rotation that, that allows for this because, you know, so much of the strength of this, um, you know, highly regarded pipeline is within the, is with the arms. So there's a, I believe they have six uh, pitchers within the MLB Pipeline's top 100 uh, prospects list. So they have the depth there. A lot of these guys have been seen at the, the big league level already. Um, and as you move forward, you you know, it's tough to give up pitching prospects. You never know what you're going to, you know, give up. You, you might end up giving up a Jason Schmidt or an Adam Wainwright, but at the same time, you know, if you get the, the kind of value that, that Real Muto can give you at a premium position, um, you know, that they, they would they would fill a significant need, not only behind the plate, but at, you know, a, a right-handed bat with some pop. That, that's something that that middle of the lineup lacked this year. Um, you know, pair somebody with Freddie Freeman. I'm not saying he's the only guy you go out and get and, and put him – uh, use him to protect Freddie Freeman, um, but at the same time, it's at least a start. At least you're, you're, you've made progress as to in regards to where you were this this past season. Yeah, Mark, and, and you did get that right. Six of Atlanta's young pitchers ranking the top 100 prospects according to MLB Pipeline. You just said it, but it's it's worth repeating because that's pretty remarkable uh, when you think about it. One of the questions is is who'll be developing some of these young pitchers for Atlanta. Chuck Hernandez dismissed as pitching coach. Two-fold question here. What was the reason behind letting Chuck Hernandez go uh, with a team that was tied for seventh in baseball in Team ERA? And who are some of the possible replacements to help develop uh, this incredible pitching talent? Well, we, we go back to when they hired Chuck Hernandez. They, they said that he worked well with with young pitchers, and you know that's why they, they added him to the – the staff before the 2017 season, um, of course, that, that's the same season they went out and signed uh, two 40-year-old guys, Bartolo Colon, R.A. Dickey, and, and Jaime Garcia. This was the year, I think, that where Chuck could have had the greatest influence, and he has to take some credit, or he, he has to be given some credit um, for, for the development of Mike Fultonevich and, you know, the strides that Sean Newcomb made. Um, but at the same time, I think as a whole, this is a very, uh, you know, the, this new front office, Alex Anthopoulos brought, you know, a heavier analytical approach. I think Chuck was a, somewhat reluctant um, to <clears throat> buy into some of the, the ideologies or, you know, the practices, um, you know, and, and you don't need to be an analytical guy. They, they don't need to go out and find an analytics guy that's a pitching coach. They just need to have somebody who's willing to, to take the information this applied and, you know, mesh that into their own thoughts. You know, they, they still need to be the coach. They still need to be the eyes, the, the, you know, the, the expert. It's just the information that you're providing um, that, that you need to be able to apply some of that. And I think there was some reluctance there. I mean, there, it's basically, you know, if they have Sal Fasano as a catching coach, he's a guy who, who is, uh, does accept analytics and, and has a strong understanding of, of uh, the value there. You know, if you can get a guy that, that's able to mesh well with with um, with Sal to develop game plans, I, I think that that you're, uh, you know, that, that that's certainly what they're looking for. Somebody who's at least a little bit more willing to uh, 
to accept what they're offering. Um, a guy, an internal candidate um, that, that will receive a lot of, uh, you know, attention is Marty Reed, the bullpen coach. He knows these pitchers. He knows what the is expected from an analytical standpoint. And, you know, he, he has a good track record. Not a lot of people know him, but if you go ask Clayton Kershaw, who was the most influential guy during his minor league career, he'll tell you Marty Reed. Um, an external candidate would, would be Roger McDowell. I never think, you know, I never thought they should have replaced uh, McDowell with Chuck Hernandez a couple years ago. And Roger went to Baltimore. Um, their analytics department, I know has, has uh, received some crit- criticism, but the, to be around Buck Showalter for a couple of years, I know he gained a better understanding of, of growing deeper in the game. And my thought about Roger was, Nobody game planned better. And that's why I think that it'd be good to see him have this, you know, a greater supply of, of, you know, valuable information provided him and use that to what he can see with his own eyes. Uh, you know, he was, he was as good as anybody at developing pitchers. I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, that, you know, Matt Whistler didn't do this and Aaron Blair didn't do this. I, these guys weren't going to do anything under – you know, any pitching coaches, you know, I, I look more at what Roger was able to do with guys like Chuck James or Chris Medlin or, you know, underdogs who, who came to the big leagues and found success. So uh, he, he's certainly a a candidate. I've asked about, you know, you, when a, a job opening happens, you, you think about links to other organizations. Um, I've asked about the Dodgers. Rick Honeycutt um, is from the Chattanooga area. Um uh, but I don't think I don't think he's a candidate, and nor do I think Mark Pryor. I just, just those were the names of the Dodgers bullpen coach Mark Pryor. Um, those were the names that came to my mind, just because Alex had a relationship with them uh, when he was with the Dodgers. But uh, from what I understand, they are not candidates, <clears throat> and they're going to look far and wide and, and see what they can find. Talking with Braves reporter Mark Bowman and Mark. Um, Obviously, with this influx of young talent within the organization and how quickly the team sort of rose up winning the NL East, could now they be just one or two big moves away from going to that next level and winning the NL and going to the World Series and big names out there this offseason? Manny Machado, Bryce Harper on the pitching side, a guy like Patrick Corbin. Could we potentially see a big move coming from the Braves organization in the offseason uh, through trade or via free agency? No doubt about it. They have, you know, we talked about what they have in the pipeline uh, in terms of uh, prospects that they can deal. Uh, they can make a big move that way. They also have at least, you know, what I believe to be at least $60 million to spend. So they can be big players. They, they have multiple needs to fill. But at the same time, if you add a Corbin or if you add that, that extra bat within a lot, that lineup, um, you know, for an offense, they click. Yes, you need Ozzie Albies to be more like he was in the first half. You need Ronald Acuna to build off what was a successful rookie season. You'd like to see Freddie Freeman, you know, get back to where he was, you know, for most of the season, you know, minus a four- to six-week stretch where, where he uh, struggled. Uh, you know, get back to where he was. Maybe add some more power. You have the pieces in place already, Um to where you, you know you could have a solid lineup. I just think that adding another bat would, would be significant. You get to the division series this year, uh, it's not only just within the lineup where they need to improve offensively, but you got the division series this year, and 
the Braves, three of the five guys on the Braves bench were, you know, had been DFA earlier this year. So they need some depth there too. Um, so, um, but yeah, it, it, could one, one move, uh, you know, set them, allow them to make progress and take that next step next year? Yes. But at the same time, I think that it's going to be, you know, two or three different moves this, this season, you know, improving not only maybe adding that, that frontline starter, certainly shoring up the bullpen and then, you know, adding some depth to that, that lineup or, and or the bench. Mark Bowman joining us. An exciting time for the Braves as they go into the offseason and uh, some big moves potentially on the horizon. Mark, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in on MLB Extras.